You now tuned in to the Gunk Town Podcast. I'm your boy Doug B. We ain't got nothing to talk about, but we got something to talk about. Let's go. Good people, good people, good people. Welcome back to the Gumptown Podcast, episode 123. I'm your boy, Doug B. If you tuned in to this podcast, thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a shot. Today's guest is the founder and owner of Montgomery Deep History. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I'm sure we'll all be inspired by his story. Let's chop it up with Keelan Adams. Keelan, how's it going, man? Going well, going well. How are you doing today? Glad to hear that. And all is well on my end, too. First things first, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chop it up with me. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. It's an honor. Sir, of course, here to talk about Montgomery Deep History and all the great things you have going on with the company. But before we talk business, let's get to know the man behind the brand. So you were born in Mobile, but raised in McIntosh. What was your upbringing like in McIntosh? All right. Well, hey, that's a that's a one. Uh, that's a good question. Um, upbringing was, whew, it was, I mean, it, it, it was great. It was great. You know, we are, we're, we're out in a remote area. I'll just kind of work through my mind to see where, where to start. But we're out in a remote area. And, you know, I was born in Mobile, raised in McIntosh. So that's from zero to 18. And it's it's the oldest county. First of all, it's the oldest county and the first county in all of Alabama. So it's Washington County. And I, I, I attended Frank W. Borkin Elementary. And I'm saying that for a reason that may end up raising some eyebrows for some people, <laughs> that particular name. And then McIntosh High School. And right after that, you know, I, I went straight into Bible College, then seminary. And I studied for a, a master's in divinity, did some graduate work. But like, as far as my upbringing is concerned, I came to know the Lord at age 16. And so during like my my 11th and 12th grade years, the Lord pretty much instilled gifts in me. And I, I felt that there was like a sense of analyzing history through scripture. And I, I just, I, I kind of wanted something to do with that. Um, that's why I chose the route once I, once I left high school, just going directly into Bible college. But my, the ironic thing is that my brother's they went to HBCU. So we have Tuskegee and then we also have Alabama A&M. Uh, now I'm, I'm next to the youngest. So I'm close to the baby. I'm number six of seven brothers. And we had a, a younger sister who passed at 14 days. I come from a dual parent household. My dad worked as an electrical engineer at a fairly well-known chemical plant there in our, in our city. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom. And I, I can literally cannot remember missing breakfast at home uh, from age zero to 18 <laughs> uh, ever since I began kindergarten. Now, my, my father, he was a former aircraft mechanic. And so that, uh, as far as, you know, just us being able to be exposed to a lot of different things as far as entrepreneurship and and then the technical side of uh, or the engineering aspects of nature are concerned. He had his own septic tank business. He had his own landscaping business. He had his own mechanic shop. He, and, and then he managed and he, he had us to also manage his uh, a large junkyard for selling parts 
to people. And so that was, you know, that that was something that gave us, uh, my brothers and I, just a lot of exposure. We, you know, four wheelers all over the place, hunting, fishing, you know, we, I mean, a lot lived on a decent amount of land, a lot of relatives everywhere. So it is you cannot trespass like you can't trespass. So you're just going and going and going until you just expire in the woods and you're just like, I'm tired. I need to go back home because <laughs> I'm so <laughs> far out of the woods. Um, and, and our dad, he also had a, a backhoe, a backhoe tractor that is and a dump truck and trailer. So in order to do all of these and, and just work all of these businesses, he had that. And so life, uh, you, you probably heard me gasp a little bit at the beginning when you asked me that question. <laughs> like life was very busy. And in the midst of dad having all of that. He still managed to take us hunting. He still managed to take us fishing. He still managed to take us camping out on the creek side and and whatnot. So it was, you know, uh, growing up was have very fond memories of mud riding in the wee hours of the light of the night, like 11 p.m. into 12 and 1 a.m. Um, with dad and his friends, you know, with their four by four trucks and all this other stuff. So it, it, that's pretty much what what it was like for us. A lot of mechanic work, uh, my brothers and I, all of us, due to dad being a former aircraft mechanic, all of us took on to uh, being able to maintain cars, uh, being mechanics, kind of and what we call in the country, we call it shade tree mechanics. So cool, man. No, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that story and in depth and just hearing how you grew up getting exposed to entrepreneurship and working with your dad and just that part where you talked about your mom being a stay-at-home mom and having breakfast at home every morning. Like, that's a great upbringing. Like, nothing bad about that, man. I appreciate you for going into detail about that. And I was looking yeah. at, yes, sir, I was looking at even just the population stats of McIntosh prior to hopping on the call. And last time that they did it, as of 2020, it's 206 people there. So it sounds like y'all had a tightness village based on the no trespassing that you talked about so you had a great village around you growing up that's a great upbringing sounds like to me yes yes very much so very much so i would yeah i mean we we just we just really enjoyed it and um no matter where we went for for miles you know you're known and people are out to protect you they were at, that literally people are out to protect you so um, it no matter what schism adults have when they see the children way away from the house or whatnot, then they assume that parent could over that child. So that, that you know, it, it's just a plus. It was just a plus. Um, and we we really enjoyed our childhood. Yes, sir. No doubt, man. And just uh, I, I grew up in the country as well, out in Wall. And just I know exactly what you're talking about. Just that community feel and the elders, they were there to protect you, like you said. They were there to praise you, and they were there to hold you accountable when you was out of line. And they were there, exactly. to and, and they were they were there discipline. They would discipline you if you got all the way out of line. But that was a different time, and yeah, I right. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's amazing, man. So you yeah. finish up high school and you go on to attend Bible college. What was that experience like? That was it. Stretched me. It stretched me and it got me exposed to a lot of different things. The pretty much the technical 
side of uh, it, it exposed me to linguistics so i can rewrite and translate greek and rewrite and translate hebrew as well so it in uh, now aramaic i'm very rough on that um somewhat of familiarity with aramaic but um it it stretched me you know philosophically and it helped me to see the technical side of scripture and you know just being introduced to like being 18 years old and being introduced to a word like hermeneutics like the art and study of basic bible interpretation i didn't know what in the world it was i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know that you could go that deep into all of that and then but see the thing i loved about it was all that i was learning about uh history and and so a lot of this other stuff i was just scooping it along and just adding it to my uh, you know, just kind of to my backpack of experience. Mm. Wow! So yeah, very, it it was very good though. Got got you know went on different um, did different missions, New Orleans and things of that nature. But I never went international. Something just always held me um, on you know on 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 this side of the of the globe. Um, but we did you know just internal missions inside of the U.S. Uh, never branched out anything like that. But um, I, I will say that that was something that really honed my writing skills. Um, and I had a, a professor, really good professor who I, you know, first one who uh, taught me when I was a teenager and leaving high school and going right in. He just passed away four days ago and he made a great, great, great impact on me with, you know, just a lot of different things. And then, you know, just having the, the love for writing, the love for reading and things of that nature so really good experience overall made a lot of good friends a lot of us are still friends today and yeah dope experience sir so just in terms of the people you met while you was in bible college i'm sure quite a few of them were from alabama did you have people from all over at your, in your class yeah they were from all over a uh, number of missionary kids who grew up in you know in peru a, num a number of them germany i mean they would uh africa so i mean i mean some of them even being caucasian but they were born in africa you know what i mean and so it, it, there were there were just so many different different uh just people coming from so many different backgrounds and it 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 gave me a lot of exposure and it was right in birmingham alabama i didn't have to go far uh but it was like a humongous city to me being a small country boy from mcintosh yes sir I can only imagine, like you said, like just coming from that small town, Macintosh, and making your way to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was somewhat of a culture shock, but it sounds like you adjusted and made the necessary pivots to make your way through. That's amazing. Yes, yes. Yes, sir. So just overall, man, just your knack for history and just, and by the way, just from my time spending with you on the tour. You're very knowledgeable. You know your stuff. Man, when did you first just develop this overall curiosity for our history? I would I would say it started, I would say it started at home, just growing up around here in my folks. And you can kind of see this in my bio on on uh, the Montgomery Deep History website. Mm -hmm. I just kind of had to include that in there because of hearing them always go through our uh, genealogy so it's like who's kin to who you would hear. I mean, we would be uh, as kids, we would be running around just doing different things. But we will always hear the elderly talk about and even debate 
um, on who was related to who and who, how old someone is and so on and so forth. So this would be going, they would be going back like several years and you would hear it so much until it becomes ingrained in you, until you can go back like several generations, you know, so-and-so is kin and so-and-so and kin and so-and-so. And then on top of that, you know about the different cousins and, you know, uh, great uncles and so on and so forth, almost all the way down to the sixth and seventh cousin. And so with, with that, that caused, that really sparked a sense of curiosity in me. And, and um, I used to, you know, kind of play around and write down different genealogies. I would just do that for fun while I was young. I was like, let me see how far back I can go. Um, and just from hearing the old folks talk. And so that that really caused me. So I'm talking about being nine years old, 10 years old. I was doing that. And so that caused me to really begin to think about history from the from my own family's genealogy, genealogy of my own people. And that's when, yeah, I think that that was something that just really lit a flame. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, I did. I read it on your website just in terms of just those those conversations. But yeah, I just wanted to just hear it just from just in your own words. And it goes back to when you were nine years old. Like that's that's amazing that you were around people who were speaking on genealogy and that you were actually paying attention. Cause you know, as kids, most of the time we're not paying attention to anything, but we want to go play with our toys or play the video mm-hmm. games. But that's great that right. you were afforded the, the the luxury, the opportunity just to be in the presence of your elders, having those conversations, which are very important conversations. So that's great stuff. Yeah. Yes. And it will happen very frequently. It would happen a lot. Sir, that's amazing. So you go on to Bob's college in Birmingham and then you end up going to into a rigorous graduate program. What was that experience like? Yeah. So right. So right after Bible, my first year in the Bible college, uh, my uh, my advisor asked me, he said, so where are you going to seminary? I was like, wait a minute now. I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't thinking about nothing. I thought Bible college was as far as you can go. And so he was like, no, it's another step. Just like other there are master's programs for liberal arts because you know i'm saying i I had i had only been hearing about hbcus i had only been hearing about alabama state alabama and and ski and so he had to explain to me no it it mirrors that like the bible college seminary slash seminary it mirrors that the same thing you get undergrad and postgrad and so i was like okay well um you know uh, he helped me to choose a few and we just worked through that list or whatnot and then eventually I ended up getting into uh, getting into that. And I was, you know, it was it was basically the it was the same thing I had went through in Bible college, it's like Bible college had prepared me so well to deal with history, to analyze and and be extremely analytical um, until I was like, OK, this is a breeze <laughs> because I was in the pre-seminary program at in Bible college. So it it, it was a seamless transition. Um, and so. It, it just so happened that way later in my life, um, my wife was like, sweetie, I think you also need to you need to be thinking about, you know, the, like the, the secular liberal arts because of due to how, you know, just how, how you what you deal with. You did. You, you already got the that track. You pretty much have that iron out, even though you don't have a doctorate in it. You pretty much have the Bible side 
iron out, but I think you need to, you know, you, you need to be thinking about some of the liberal arts stuff. And so next thing you know, bam, I become a student of Alabama State University. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's amazing. So, okay. So you end up doing your graduate studies at the Alabama State University. Wow. No, no, no. So believe it or not, I'm, I'm going back. So now I'm about to get okay. another bachelor's. I'm about to get a second bachelor's. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I already have a, yeah, I already have, you know, bachelor's graduate uh, work in the Bible. So it, it's like, I'm, it's like there are two streams for okay. me. And so I have, I have my religious side and then there's the secular liberal arts side, which is what, you know, is coming uh, from Alabama state and then whatever else is going to come after that point. Okay. Amazing. Got it. I'm tracking out, man. You just got a thirst for knowledge, Caitlin. You can't get enough of it, man. <laughs> I love it for you. <laughs> I just can't stop, man. I can't. Man, hey, it's all good. I mean, that's 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 great. Like that is good stuff. Education is powerful and you're doing what you gotta do, man. And like that's that's amazing. And it sounds like you're excited about gaining more education, and that's a great thing. Yes, very, very. Yeah, man, loving that HBCU experience. <laughs> no doubt. Yes, sir. So we're here to talk about Montgomery Deep History. You started the company in 2019 and tell the people what you got going on over there. Okay. Well, uh, and the interesting part about the, the history, well, how it's founded too. I, I know we're gonna get there. But let me let let's focus on 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 the packages. So with the most popular one, now you got to experience the private version of the From Bondage to Freedom. Mm -hmm. So the most popular one is the From Bondage to Freedom, uh, ba basic for that, that's for two or more people. And so we're running that. That's like our entry level. We're running that. That's $37. And that's basically 3,500 feet of densely packed history. Now, you know about that because you were able to experience it. And mm -hmm. then I actually spent just a tad bit more time with you because I wanted you to really see what like what was included um and then after that we have so you have a lot of people who you know if they are around and they just want to they 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 want something that they can just get and just move on um they'll choose that because it's only it's two to two and a half hours and so then we do school tours do we do english as a second language we we do esl tours um for esl groups esl church groups now, our more expansive packages, which people, there, there are some groups that are lining up for those packages next year, and they're already booking them. And I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's happening fairly rapidly as well, but that's called the History Over Alabama Tours. And so we have Tour Silver, Tour Gold, Tour Platinum, and Tour Diamond. Now, Tour Silver, you're getting a full day of several hours, several hours. It's, it's densely packed. Like all of them are very densely packed, but you have a loaded day with Tour Silver and it's only Montgomery. And we're going through so many areas in Montgomery, the east side, the west side, the south side, we're just driving all over and we're raking through downtown as well. And we're doing two major museums and we're doing all that one day. Now, Tour Gold, we're doing Montgomery and Selma. Um, and so that's also a one day experience. Um, it, it Things are just a little faster. But then we do a tour of platinum. Now, tour platinum is including Montgomery, Selma and Birmingham. So that's that's two days. That's a two day experience. So you have to hotel, book a hotel and all that stuff. 
And then Tour Diamond now is kind of shaped like a diamond. That's why I named it that. So when you look at it, the diamond, Birmingham, Montgomery, Selma, and then Mobile. And so that's a three-day intensive. You It, it includes merch, uh, Montgomery Deep History merch, hotel conference session as well in, during those three days. And we're going from Birmingham all the way to my hometown, believe it or not, Washington County, McIntosh. And then as far as Africatown, Africatown plateau area where the la very last group of slaves were dropped in the entire United States of America. Now, let me just to close it off. We have family reunion packages. family reunion packages. You only get tour gold and tour silver because, you know, the intense the intensity is sensitive to children and the elderly as far as the distance is concerned. So we we alter that a little bit just so that we can be mindful of our children and our and our elderly. Now we also have a drone packages. So I am a SUAS licensed pilot by the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration in Washington D.C. And so I can legally fly a drone. I'm, I'm legally certified. So I have a license and everything certified to fly a drone anywhere in the United States. So we have packages that are going to be coming out. It's going to encompass video. So this is the production side of me as well, which that's I, I, I kind of got into production when I was in Bible college, but uh, producing music videos and things of that nature. So I'm also you know a producer on the side, but the drone packages will offer uh, our groups uh, the opportunity to purchase just long-standing memories for the group when it comes to videos and then also photos that most photographers cannot attain. So, yeah, that that's going to be coming through an engine, uh, a production company that uh, my wife and I uh, are working on is <laughs> under construction. It's formerly known as uh, K. Adams Productions. It has been known that for years, for years and years and years, close to probably 15 years, K. Adams Production. Um, yeah, 15, almost 20 years. But the name is a, going through a name change and the new name changes, Adams Legacy Production. So that's pretty much what we have going on right now. And, oh, yeah. And also uh, you can book speaker. Uh, you can book a speaker so you can book me as a representative from Montgomery Deep History to speak on topics. And we have a whole list. I'm going to be promoting that stuff a lot more next year. Um, but we can, you know, deliver on topics. You just it's a huge drop down list and you just pick a topic, topics such as destroying trust among a people, meritorious manumission, act of 1710 and the Korean War PWOs. That's one topic. For example, there's another topic, Charles Spurgeon in Montgomery, Alabama, or Alabama Baptists and the formation of the Southern Baptist Convention in slavery, or Greek philosophy, Christianity in Montgomery. And another one, check this one out. They will never know medical journals from the Old South and their perspectives of Black people. And let me conclude with, the, with these two, eugenics and its longstanding impact on Black communities, or something like this, hip-hop music and its influence on the mind of the black child. So those are just a few topics that people will be able to select from as we, you know, as, as we branch off and do speaking engagements and things of that nature. Oh man, powerful stuff. We've got a lot of great things going on with the tours, production, the speaking engagements that are 
in progress. Man, that's good stuff, man. MGM, deep history, doing some great things. Got a lot of things in motion, man. Love to hear it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So whenever I have entrepreneurs, creators on the platform like yourself, I like to talk about three things, the aha moment, action, and audacity. Take us back to your aha moment when you first had the idea to create Montgomery Deep History. Got you. Got you. I would say the idea, hey, I would I would say this. Just to go through in a more organized fashion as to how I was led to the aha moment, I think I can just go through the history of it just a little to help, you know, you know, to help, help to better explain it. Yes, sir. Um, so j- just like you noted, 2019 into 2020, you know, 2020, 2019 was pretty much a trial run. 2020 was it was actually stapled into Montgomery as an official LLC, Montgomery Deep History, comma, LLC. And my wife and I, we had we've been living in Montgomery for 12 years. Right. So year number six in Montgomery, we took a four to five year hiatus. Now, in the midst of the hiatus, I became a classical educator. So specifically a classical educator at a private institution. And it was a it was a little bit south, southwest of Birmingham, Alabaster, Alabama. And the classical education is something from that point, I just became a staunch advocate of classical education because it's the same thing that uh, W.E.B. Du Bois and all the some of the older ones. They were they were taught uh, class. They were they were taught and trained classically. And so. I came back in Montgomery, so it was around 2017, and basically picked up where I left off with friends. Now, there was one friend in particular that I that that really he he pushed me and motivated me. And that fella's name is Kevin King. I went out what I think it was a Barbagales. He he was, you know, we we were picking up back up where we were five years prior. So we went out to breakfast, Barbagales, and and we were just talking, you know, he was just we were just playing catch up. And then I remember pulling up to his house because during the time, you know, that's when he was living in the uh, he and his wife. They were living in the heart of Washington Park. And so I remember he pulled up to his house. And as we began to talk about so many different things, because he it's like he would ask me a question and and I would, I would I would just answer it, you know, due to what I had gathered from the past few years or whatnot. I mean, I didn't think much of it, but he was like, he he basically, <laughs> Kevin King basically gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> and he was like, look, you, and, and this is not verbatim, but he was like, you're going to have to do something with all this stuff that you have in your head, man. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, you can't do this. He was like, we need to learn. How are you going to, how are you just going to do this? Because I guess he had seen that it was a lot. And I and we had only been been meeting just for it was a couple of hours, rolled around the community or whatnot. And with him and the it was, I think it was the way he said it. It could have been the Lord's anointing on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was due to the way that he said it, and it stuck with me. And it really, I'm talking about it stuck with me to the point to where it caused me to go home and really think about life. Like think about all the research that I had stored away because that, that, that's what I have been doing. I had been accumulating research for up until that time for like six years, about six years of densely packed research. And then some of the research I I don't want to 
release. I just don't want to, it's that type of research. I just don't want to release that kind of research. But, but at the same time, I was like, okay, something, you know, something's got to happen. Now, Kevin King introduced me to some doctors and lawyers who had, and some others who had opened their homes for history lectures on justice and racial reconciliation. He introduced me to an individual by the name of uh, Alan Cross, who is an author. He's an author of the book, When Heaven and Earth Collide. As a matter of fact, that's the first book that you see on the desktop version of my website. Now, this guy, he was a pastor, and he's also a regular on CNN, HLN, so on and so forth. He's a regular on media, national media. I, I lectured alongside Alan Cross in those homes that in which we met. And so he informed me that this particular pastor I'm talking about, he informed me that God was calling him to move to San Francisco to pastor. And so I did not know that he was actually doing tours in Montgomery, had been doing them for years. And he never really did much with it based on what he informed me. He, he never really did much with it. He was just kind of, you know, people would come through and they would say, hey, I mean, they would come through all over the world. And, and, and they would say, hey, uh, take us on a tour. We read your book, so on and so forth. Take us on a tour of Montgomery. And for, so when he left, he pr- that was a vacuum that was there, an empty slot, empty space. And he began to refer all these different people to me across the nation. And so during that time, I was also working with Valley Cross Academy. Now, this is the irony. This is what just the twist. It's almost like God was causing something to happen. I was I was doing some work with Valley Cross Academy. I was actually on staff during that time. And Anthony just uh, uh, Mr. Anthony Brock just out the blue told me, he said, Mr. Adams, take us on a tour down down Dexter. And so I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I was a history instructor. I was their history instructor. And I literally took a huge group of those kids of Valley Cross Academy on a tour and and this was well before Montgomery Deep History was was even thought of. So this was kind of during the time when Kev and I were having these discussions and stuff. And also me and Alan Cross. And so later we met, I met an attorney. Now check this out. Later I met an attorney at a church festival in 2018, became friends with her, and eventually met her son. Her son is named Jackson Cole. Jackson, being the movie producer that he is, he helped me to build the Montgomery Deep History website. And see, all this stuff just starts coming together at a certain time, at a really, really tight time. And so then next thing you know, I was like, okay, an idea for a logo needs to come about. So when when we're talking about an aha moment, there was there were a number of aha moments, but I think I kind of had to wake up and just hearing, you know, Mr. King's voice resonate through my head. <laughs> and so it took six months for an idea for the logo, six months. I sent the 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 logo to Washington D.C. for copyright, and I did not reveal the logo, the the crest. I call it the crest, the Montgomery Deep History crest. I did not reveal that thing until a year later, so I had kept it on the wraps for that long. Now, who helped me to develop it? Winifred Hawkins did, and so Kevin and his wife, uh, uh, Kevin his wife Nicole, they were the first to. Hopefully, they don't mind me calling their name, but they were the first to see the finished product of the Montgomery Deep History Crest. They were the first ones. I was like, I want to show you because he he was the one that motivated me, really motivated me to get this stuff going. And so uh, he was the first one to actually see what he had pretty much birthed just from just from motivating me to to you know get get on with it. 
And uh, I, I did preparations and attended Boyd Stevens Business Foundations at the Chamber of Commerce. And and I was encouraged from that to know that uh, there, there were a few things that I was already doing right <laughs> when I got the business established. I was like, OK, because uh, Kevin introduced me to Boyd Stevens. So I, I took his class alongside Kevin. Kevin was actually in the class as well. And so, but yeah, that that was my aha moments. It was like several aha moments from 2017 to 18 to 19. Wow, man, that's some powerful stuff. And hearing everything you were saying and breaking down just in terms of your different aha moments, it all comes back to what I mentioned earlier about that village. It takes a village at all levels. And it sounds like you had a great village to help this idea come to fruition, man. And that's what it takes. You got to have great people around you and Hats off to Kevin King and all the great things he's doing with the King's Canvas. So that's amazing yeah. stuff. That's great. Yeah. And he, he gave you an ultimatum. He said, come on, man. All that knowledge you got, you got to give it to the world. <laughs> yeah. And that's he what you, you gave need. Me an ultimatum. You. And you yeah. know, to be honest with you, Kiglin, you need people around you that's going to push you. Because sometimes, a lot of times, we're not ready. We're waiting on the perfect time, or we think we're not qualified, and we'd be overqualified, which <laughs> you discovered once you actually got started. Like, man, I already know what I'm doing. So that's amazing. And you got a chance to meet Alan Cross, and he ended up, his columns in San Fran. He had these tours going on. So the stars just aligned for you, man. It sounds like to me, just a powerful story indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do all this stuff. I, I just wouldn't. And so, yeah, just like you said, there was already, yeah, it's like the, my little business, uh, my little business village. Right. And, and people who were just motivating me. And and then on top of that, not just motivating me, but holding me accountable saying, right. what are you doing? Uh, or what are you doing now? Cause you need to be working on the next phase. What are you doing? You need to be working on this. People are going to be blessed by this. And, um, and for sure, our our folks need to hear it. That was another thing that was really coming at me. So I just felt that there was a, there was there was a there was certainly a burden, um, you know, a sense of obligation, I guess, a sense of obligation um, that I have for the different people for whom I'm, I I feel that I'm responsible. Yes, sir. That's good stuff. So you had your aha moment, and then you took action on it, and. You've already covered just in terms of how long everything took with the logo and getting started in business. So let's move on to the last portion, audacity. It's one thing to have an aha moment. It's one thing to have people um, behind you, encouraging you, holding you accountable to get it started. It's another thing to put it out to the world, to be praised or criticized. Who or what gave you that courage, that audacity to go for it and put it out there to the world? Yeah, Doug, I, I will say this. I will line it up. I will basically kind of line it up based on like a tier system of priority, because first, I believe that it was God, then my immediate family and then my people, my own people uh, who are kinsmen to my very own flesh and my ancestors. And then after that, the world at large. I mean, I, I feel like I'm indebted to those in that order. So, like, for example, for God, you know, you, you're probably familiar with the passage. Ecclesiastes 9.10, where it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, where there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom and so on and so forth, uh, to, to the to, to shield, to, to the place of the underworld where you're going. And so I, I feel that there's an obligation to God there. That, that was the first motivating factor that gave me the audacity to really get out there and do it. 
whatever you find, whatever your hands find to do, like get out there and get on it because see, God is going to, (laughs) everything that we were gifted with, he's going to end up calling that into account. What do we do with our little gifts? Did we go and bury the treasure and hide it? Or do we go and, and, and basically invest his, that which he has instilled in us so that he can at least get some kind of interest off of it. And then next are my immediate family, like my wife, my children. And I, I think that based on the based on the way we talk to each other, I think we need to really start asking instead of asking each other, what do we do for a living? We need to start asking, what do you do for a legacy? Mm. Because Proverbs 13, 22 says right there, it says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. It's, it just lays it out. A good man leaves an inheritance. So he's working on legacy. He's looking forward to leaving something there. So that's in the second tier. Third tier, my folks, my people. Now, this would even be a motivating point from scripture as well, because Paul, this is something that a lot of people skip over. That now we wax eloquent about, you know, uh, the church universal, which is good. That's where the number one sense of priority need to be. But Paul also had such a natural burden. And see, this is a natural thing that every person, every people group they should have for their own people. It's a natural thing. You should have a sense of obligation because you want to see the welfare of your people naturally come out of the womb that way. Those with whom you are identified with, your very own people. And that would be for me, in my case, Black people specifically. And so listen to Paul. Paul was in Romans chapter nine, verses one through five. Paul was like, I wish that I was basically accursed. That means to be basically hellbound or separated from God for the sake of my very own people. That's how much Paul had a, a, just a natural heart for his folks because he felt the sense of obligation. He already naturally felt that. That's why he had to be turned from Saul to Paul because he was so about his folks. So it, it now, of course, it had to be balanced. But the thing is that Romans chapter nine, verses one through five shows that there was a natural thing. And even the apostle Paul, as spiritual as he was, he had it in his own heart and he was wishing himself to even be hell bound so that all of his folks can be saved. And so and, and so from that point, I feel that I have an obligation not only to God, to immediate family, to my own people, and my ancestors, but also to the world at large. Like I need to bless the world through my gifts with with uh, analyzing history and, and just based on what I can share from my own perspective. So those four motivating factors is what gave me the audacity to do what uh, to branch off, branch out, pardon me, and do what I'm doing through Montgomery Deep History, Adam's Legacy Production and whatever else will come after that. Wow, that's powerful stuff, man. And I like how you tied each tier in with a, a scripture from the good book and it's all right in line is right all right on point and yeah that i can definitely tell like well read well educated and you definitely pull those gems from the good book because the good book is loaded with business gems life gems and yes, i've learned is. that as i've as i've gotten older like it's more than just reading it like it's some real there's some gems in there, and I appreciate it, it you is. sharing it those is. scriptures. <laughs> it is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, business. Yeah, business oriented. Uh, uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's talking about real estate a whole lot, especially in the Old Testament, and acquiring it. And you know, even with the Proverbs 31 woman, what is she doing? It says that she 
She considers a field and buys it. That shows that the, that home girl was what about real estate? She was a business owner, right? She was a real estate <laughs> investor. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So it's all throughout scripture. It's everywhere. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's powerful stuff. So take us back to your first tour when you officially became Montgomery Deep History LLC and got everything rocking and rolling. Can you recall that first tour when you got started in 2020? Oh yeah, yeah. I I could, I could, and and there were internationals. These people were from uh. They're from near Israel, believe it or not. So I had a there was a plug that I had long story short, because I, I, I don't want to you know get into all that. But um, there was a plug that actually sent the people to me. And that was due to me knowing Alan Cross and then also already being plugged into Alan Cross and then Kevin King. And so that's how that got sent to me. Uh, and and the, the, it was like an it was like my first ESL tour group and these were internationals who were connected to Maxwell Air Force Base OTS the officer training school right and they came with their wives and their families and and that plug just sent them straight to me to just be like hey take to uh Keelan is here to take you on a tour and and I did and I knew I knew I was on to something when I saw the people with tears in their eyes as I was just passionately delivering the narrative of, you know, pretty much the inception of Montgomery and just the experience that our people went through because these people were from Jordan, north of Israel uh, and south of Syria over on the, you know, on the eastern seacoast of the Mediterranean Sea. Those were the people. Those were my first. And and and, you know, that that just really invigorated me. I was like, OK, I saw that reaction. That reaction stuck with me. I haven't forgotten that to this day. I haven't wow. forgotten that to today. That was the first. That was the first one. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that that definitely sounds like a type of reaction that would have invigorated um, a lot of us to keep going with our our first tour, our, our first our, our first uh, operation of business, man. So that's great that you were able to deliver the information in a passionate way and made it make sense for them, and it left them in tears because it moved them because the information that you do give. And I won't spill the beans on this. It's it opened, it opened my eyes up because when we when I, I met with you a few months ago and and we were going through that tour, I was like, "What that happened? <laughs> what?" <laughs> and it just and then it it just well for me, I speak for me and as well as those people as well. Based on their reaction, it just it just it just messes you up in a good way. You like wow, like I had no idea that this yeah. was this because Keelan, let's call a spade a spade. They don't put this stuff in the American textbooks, so. We won't right. be exposed to it that way. So that's great that what you're doing with Montgomery Deep History. And I know you, you've you done great things and great things are coming down the pipeline. So that transitions right into my next portion perfectly. Let's talk about vision. Let's talk about short-term and long-term goals for the business. Okay. Well, short-term is definitely, and which there are some things that I'm working on now. Short-term is definitely part 107 storytelling. Now, I told you that I'm already a... Uh, uh, a small unmanned aircraft system pilot. I'm a drone pilot certified by the FAA. So I already informed you about that. So that's under uh, the legal title of Part 107. And so when I when I mean Part 107 storytelling is that um, I will be utilizing drone footage and and just the pictorial side of it to tell 
tell the tell a story of Montgomery and surrounding places around Alabama from a 200 feet perspective, 200 feet in the air above ground level. Right. Um, the, I have something I, I want to go ahead and just say this. You should see the teaser is released on social media and various other platforms of Mr. Willie Edwards, Jr. And with what happened to him. On January 22nd, 1957. And I'll be doing a, a a very, I think that'll be an intense production. And it'll be something some people know of the history, even people around Montgomery. There are some older people who know about this because they were alive during that time. And some of the younger generation from the who who were alive during the 50s, I think they they've heard of it as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go through. I'm going to put a, a little different spin on it and just, you know, just just put it out there and it'll be a production through our engine Adams Legacy production uh, for Montgomery Deep History. So that that that's what that's going to be the initial thing. You're going to see a number of those as far as a short term is concerned, uh, concern, a number of those types of productions and for people worldwide to be able to log on to YouTube through Montgomery Deep History channel and just learn when they get plugged into Montgomery Deep History, take a tour. They're plugged in almost for a lifetime um, because they're they're plugged into the newsletters and all these other different things. And so they'll be constantly referred to that. Now, long term, definitely want to produce a line of Montgomery Deep History books and working on a book currently have been working on a book for quite some time. It's just, you know, a little research intensive. And so I'm having to travel for this particular book, but not only just one book, one a, a number of books to be produced through Montgomery Deep History so that because because I understand that I do tell history in a way that that really helps people and it, it helps us to know what to do as far as the healing of our nation is concerned. Now, we know that the ultimate healer is, is Jesus Christ himself, who will set things right in, in the future, but to, to just provide some sense of guidance. Uh, that's what Montgomery Deep, Deep History, that's what uh, one of the its goals is so that people will know what to do. And so also doing um, conferences, larger conferences, not just the ones that are tied into the uh, tour diamond tour that people book for the three day, but just doing larger conferences and uh, more speaking engagements. So and also opening the. Uh, online store hopefully that'll come <laughs> the merch with montgomery deep history merch and uh people have the montgomery deep history crest uh from just a you know even from a pillow on your couch to uh you know just a, a nice t-shirt that someone would like or a mouse pad or something like that but yeah so the, those those are pretty much some of our long-term goals okay powerful stuff and i'm pretty sure both short-term and long-term goals that you set, you're going to make them all come to fruition at a high level. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With with the Lord's help. With the Lord's help. We hope to do that. Yes, sir. No doubt. So, Keelan, as we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask a million dollar question. I started this podcast to highlight the greatness connected to the city, whether you were born here or lived here for a significant period of your life, be it military, college, or work. You and your wife being Montgomery residents for 12 years now. 12 years, yeah. Yes, sir. What do you appreciate the most about the Gump? It's full of resilient people. <laughs> It's full of resilient people. And and some of them, some of them don't even know how resilient they are until they're awakened. 
but it's the resilient people. It, it, it's pretty much like what I've learned about Montgomery, you throw in, and even from the history of it, studying the history of it all, all the way back as far as you can go, even up until now, you throw anything at them, they're going to make lemonade out of it and enjoy it. And that goes from what you see on City Watch, <laughs> from all the <laughs> criticism that, that you see on City Watch, all the, you know, the leadership is, is you know, uh, Montgomery says, so oh, that's why I left Montgomery. <laughs> and then the people of Montgomery, they just take it and man, they start making a, just a comedic scene out of it and 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 they're just like hey we're moving forward yeah we can criticize it yeah we have a lot of you know different things or whatnot but it's it's just that resilience they're, they're still moving forward and it's if you have ever seen the movie 300 if you've ever seen that movie 300 with the spartans yeah. and when they were fighting against the persian empire herodotus the greek historian herodotus goes in deep detail with it <laughs> but they, they so the 300 they're small right and and se seemingly insignificant to the larger world but when the opposing forces this would be the largest force in the world at that time which would be the persian empire you could not touch the persians <laughs> they were they 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 were unstoppable they were unstoppable and this is what the Persian, a leader, a representative from the Persians came and told a representative from the little tiny Spartans. There were more than 300 of them, but they were they were small, just a small Greek city state. And he said, we're going to shoot so many arrows at you that the arrows are going to blot out the sun. But I would say this, even if opposing forces say the same thing to the people of Montgomery, the people of Montgomery likewise will respond by saying, then we will fight in the shade. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. That's that's powerful stuff. The resiliency of the city is definitely here. Sure. So how can people connect with you? Kaylin, what are your social media handles and website? Social media handles. Of course, you can find me on MontgomeryDeepHistory.com. Email me at MontgomeryDeepHistoryTours uh, Deep at gmail.com. Facebook is just plain old Montgomery Deep History. IG, hit us up on Instagram at MGM Deep History, and then also YouTube at Montgomery Deep History, and X, or formerly Twitter, at MGM underscore Deep History. And those are our plugs right there. You connect with those, you'll be, you'll be, up, you'll, you'll be updated. You'll see all the different things because we update them simultaneously. Yes, sir. Too easy. And of course, I'll put all of the information in the description of the episode Hey, Keelan, thanks again for the conversation, man. I really appreciate you. Yes, sir. Hey, it's an honor. It's an honor, um, Doug. I appreciate you asking me to be a part of it. Yes, sir. Good people, that concludes another dope episode of the Gumtown Podcast. In the meantime, in between time, y'all know what to do. Be blessed, be safe, but most importantly, have the audacity to be you. Go on. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your time and your attention. Until next time. <laughs>